Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today have you ever noticed the way that first corinthians chapter 7 begins now concerning the things which you wrote well this means that paul is about to respond to a series of questions that the believers in corinth had previously sent to him in a letter what questions well, according to the context of chapter 7, we can readily see that these cultured, highly educated, philosophical saints that were the church in Corinth had many questions about marriage. The whole chapter, in fact, is devoted to marriage, with Paul giving the Corinthians more than a dozen principles related to marriage. It's likely that we all have had serious questions regarding marriage. Even the unmarried ones wonder about this critical human item that on one hand is the source of so much trouble in the human life, while on the other hand can be the source of so much blessing. Francis Ball has joined us. Francis, I think a little departure today from the typical life study, and uh, normally Witness Lee's handling of these uh, New Testament letters was one to really find the intrinsic spiritual component. Yet here we have an entire chapter where Paul is very practical, and dealing with this most practical item in the human life, but most important item. And so it's really worth a, a practical treatment from time to time, isn't it? It is unlike Paul to approach something like this in this way. At least it's not common in his epistles, but in this epistle it's very necessary. And the very fact that he's responding to some questions indicates that they needed some help in the human relationships. So this is one human relationship that takes up the whole chapter. And he deals with this in a very uh, practical way with definite principles that all married and unmarried should be aware of. You know, it was pointed out, I think, in our program yesterday that the more education, the more um, culture, the more uh, philosophy that uh, characterizes a particular group of people the more problems there are in this realm of marriage, aren't there? I think this has been universally true throughout the ages. I think the whole earth and all the cultures would find the same thing. The more culture there is, the more uh, philosophy there is, the more problems there are. I think Witness Lee will develop this point uh, very much in this first portion. Why don't we go ahead and, and join him for that? Good. Paul comes to the fifth problem. That is the problem of marriage. 
One thing I would say, when the people are more cultured, they have more problems in marriage life. If you are so simple, if you are just a countryman without much culture, without much philosophy, I don't think you would have much problem in your marriage. If you would study the cases of divorces, you could find out that most divorces belong to the intellectual people. The more education you have, the more possibility you would have a divorce. With the countrymen, the people with low education, there's not so much divorce. Think about it. Because the Corinthians were too much in their culture, too much in their philosophy. They wrote to the Apostle Paul concerning their problems of marriage. This, that, this, that. So, this chapter is the longest one in the whole book. In this one chapter, Paul answers there are many questions, one after another, one after another. Why they could have so many questions? Because they are too philosophical. Brother Nee said, after you get married, shut up your eyes. Just be blind. You enjoy your married life. To open up your eyes so wide, looking at your wife or your husband, that is philosophizing your marriage. After marry, don't analyze. Just enjoy it. Just say, oh Lord, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praising my Savior all the day long. Thank you, Lord, for such a good, even the best husband. Thank you, Lord, for this best wife. The unique wife. You prepare for me. And you created for me. You enjoy your marriage life. Francis, I don't know how many bestsellers there are on the New York Times list of books devoted to how to have a happy marriage, but this should be on the list, shouldn't it, what we just heard? This is really the key. The key to a happy marriage is go blind. <laughs> Once you're married, close up your eyes. Don't see so much. And then just rejoice in the Lord. Call on the Lord. Enjoy Him all day long. Just like Brother Lee said. Yeah, he was referring to that quote of Watchman Nee's about closing our eyes after we're married. If I remember that passage right in that book, he talks about how before we're married, it's good to have our eyes wide open. Right. Uh, but once that commitment is made, once that step is taken, then uh, the blinders go on. And yeah. uh, the more that they stay on during the years that we're married, the happier our marriage will be. Uh, that's right. Don't see so much. Don't think you have to correct everything or straighten someone out. Let's talk for a minute about this matter of marriage, and there are many questions that are indicated by the first verse there that concerning the things that you wrote me, Paul says to them. We've talked before in this life study that they were of uh, probably a higher level of education, a higher degree of culture than most of the churches that Paul was dealing with in that region of Asia Minor at the time. And uh, it really bears out, doesn't it, that this really is the ground where 
the enemy can operate very much in our in the mind uh, regarding the matter of marriage and, and the difficulties in marriage really do seem to increase as these things are more prevalent, aren't they? That really is true because uh, the culture and the, the more educated people are, the more reasons they can think of to wonder if their marriage was really right and all this. A lot of questions come up by having cultural questions and educational questions and uh, so much philosophy and philosophizing our marriage really is damaging. It's not helping at all. It's much better to be simple and, as he said, just enjoy the Lord all day long. That would really solve a lot of problems. Matter of fact, he brings out several principles I think we'll see here. Yeah. In this coming portion, we're going to get into some of these principles. If you read this chapter, I think it's a chapter of 40 verses, as he just mentioned, the longest chapter in the book of 1 Corinthians. The whole chapter really devoted to this topic in one way or another. And in this chapter, we can find at least a dozen and perhaps more principles that govern the whole aspect of marriage. We're going to touch those in this coming section, as you said. Just in the first few verses, I went through and highlighted several that will be talked about a little bit. Let's take a look at some of these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The same verse, verse 1, we've already mentioned, concerning the things of which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Here's principle number one. Maybe the most important principle. Yes. <laughs> of course, this is referring to uh, touching a woman that you're not married to. Right. Uh, then as we uh, continue on a bit, in verse 5 it says, do not deprive each other except by agreement for a time that you may Devote yourselves to prayer. Mm-hmm. matter of prayer is very in- important in the marriage, isn't it? certainly is. There's an old saying that a couple that prays together stays together. I believe that. And then to, uh, be together again. This is after you have stayed apart for a time for the purpose of prayer. That Satan may not tempt you. And the temptation of Satan is another principle that operates in the whole marriage realm. That's obvious, I think, if we look around at all in our own experience and that of society. Tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Self-control, another important item, another principle related to marriage. And then Paul goes on to say, Yet I wish all men to be even as I am myself, but each has his own gift from God. And this is, I think, a very enlightening point that will come out as we uh, get further into the program today. This matter of... To be married and to be not married is not according to our choice. It's according to the gift that we've received. If you do not have the gift to remain unmarried, then you should marry. That means you have the gift to get married. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) If you don't have the gift not to marry, you have the gift to get married. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Here you have basic principles dealing with marriage life. Wait, it is good. For a man not to touch a woman. This is a principle. B. Devote ourselves to prayer. That means marriage doesn't help you in the prayer life. Rather, marriage life distracts you, interrupts you, interferes with you, and uh, sometimes even stops you from prayer. Of course, some husband may really be a help to the wife in prayer life. And some wives may really be a real help in the husband's prayer life. But 
not that many. Generally speaking, marriage is a distraction to prayer life. C. Give no occasion to Satan. D. It depends upon the gift we have received from God. That means you would say, if the marriage is like this, it is better not to marry. The Lord says, it is not up to you. It is up to the gift. If you do have the gift of not getting married, that's wonderful. But you don't have such a gift. You better get the trouble. You need the trouble. Either you have the gift or you take the trouble. No other choice. E, it is good to remain and marry. But if you cannot control yourself, it's better to marry. Okay, F, if you get married and the other party has no problem to stay with you, you have to remain in that marriage. If the other party will leave you, will not stay with you just because you become a believer, don't fight. Let it be. So keep peace. You see, we have been called into peace. Anyhow, you don't need to try to argue with me. Marriage is marriage, distraction is distraction. You pick up all these principles and read all the verses you get a carrier. Francis, uh, I don't think we any of us would take exception to these principles that he's talked about. Uh, we mentioned a few of them at the beginning, uh, not touching a, a woman that you're not married to, number one, uh, this matter of prayer and how uh, in the marriage life it's important that we actually have to set time aside, don't we, to pray. That's right. And the matter of temptation and self-control. But I want to come to this one uh, and spend most of our time on this matter of the gift. Paul says, in his opinion, it's better if we were like him. And, of course, he was unmarried. But then he said, that is, if you have the gift to be unmarried. Let's talk about this matter of the gift for a minute. Well, the gift, as I understand it here, that a person has self-control. He has no... uh, need to be married, and he has a special kind of gift to remain unmarried, to give himself totally for the Lord. I think that's the main thing here, that he could be without distraction. And I have to admit, and I think we all have to admit, that uh, marriage has its distractions from being absolute for the Lord. Also, it has its helps. It just depends a lot. But concerning the matter of a gift not to be married, that would have to be something really given of the Lord because it's normal that a couple would be brought together, that there would be marriage. But when that's not necessary, as in Paul's case, obviously, he was not married. He had the gift to remain unmarried. So when a person has that and gives himself to the Lord wholly, that's up to him and the Lord. And in Paul's case, it's uh, if we study his life at all, we realize that for the work that the Lord had called him to, uh, this certainly was an advantage because he traveled so much, he picked up and went here and there, and, and that marriage relationship and that the responsibilities that come with it and, and children, etc., 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 do have a limiting effect on us, don't they, in our service to the yeah. Lord on the one hand. But then, as you pointed out as well, 
there is something that comes from a couple together that are both wholly given to the yes, Lord. And right. this becomes another kind of service that mm-hmm. is uh, of great need in the body of Christ. Generally speaking, I think that's preferred, the couple. And it's even indicated it's not good for man to be alone. So uh, I think the ideal situation is to have a marriage where both parties are fully given to the Lord. But to, for a believer to marry an unbeliever creates a lot of problems, and he even touches on this, I believe, later in the message. Yeah, that's exactly right. Why don't we go on to the third section today, Francis, and then we'll have a few minutes left at the end to uh, wrap up this matter of marriage, you know, as if we could cover it in 20, 25 <laughs> or 30 minutes. Here's Witness Lee again. What is the help of this message? Well, the help of this message is to answer all the philosophical believers with marriage questions. You all have. I do believe. You all have. I consider that Paul's writing in this chapter has really answered all the questions. And all the answers are just included in all these principles. You need to spend some time to get into all the principles. I think we older ones, we have somewhat passed through the bridge. I'm pretty sure I'm no more on the bridge of the marriage questions. (laughs) I have no more questions. I'm at the last end of the bridge of marriage questions. But a number of you still at the other end. And more of you are on the bridge. This rage is not so steady. (laughs) It shakes. And when you get on it, you have no support. Many of you are still here. So you need the question answered. In all these principles, you will have the answers. That will stabilize your bridge. So better get into all these principles. It helps. I don't mean there's no blessing in a marriage life. Lots of blessing there. But anyhow, in Paul's chapter, uh, he has no intention to stress the blessed side of the marriage. He stressed mainly on the troubling side because he was asked about all this. So today, actually, uh, these questions are still there, especially for you young ones. So it is good for you to get into all these basic principles and then you will enjoy the blessing of your marriage. You could hear the uh, uh, audience there reacting, uh, and you could tell in the sense they were reacting when he used this picture of walking on the bridge. And the picture you have to get is of one of these uh, sort of rope yeah, foot right. bridges right across right. A, a canyon, uh, not not a not a super highway bridge or the the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, and when you're out in the middle there, sometimes that bridge is pretty shaky, isn't it, Francis? Right, that's right. That is a shaky place. But I feel like the best thing about this whole message. Uh, is for people to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 7 in a definite way. And I would even recommend they get our volume that includes this message. Mm-hmm. 
this would be a big help for many philosophical people and educated and thoughtful people to see these principles in writing. I think it would be a big, big help and save some marriages as well as making the present marriage a real big blessing. I think that uh, an overriding principle that comes through, and we'll have uh, another program uh, or two on this uh, Chapter 7, I don't think inappropriate to go ahead and talk about that a little bit, but this matter of the gift, and Paul goes into much detail about what to do if your husband is unbelieving or if the wife is unbelieving, etc., etc. The basic premise of this whole matter is that God has given us a gift. He is also sovereign over whatever arrangement we are in. And to accept his sovereign arrangement, and to stay in a kind of situation where we can enjoy him and rejoice in him in that situation is really the key to uh, whatever we happen to find ourselves in this matter related to marriage, isn't it? That's right. These principles all help very much, but they help us to stay in the situation that we are in without trying to find a, a way out. So we really need to see this marriage in the eyes of the Lord and in the eyes of the Apostle Paul. As you just mentioned a moment ago, we have the printed life study messages at the end of almost every program. We talk about the benefit of these as a a resource, uh, a study guide, uh, uh, really a key to opening up passage after passage of Mm -hmm. Scripture. And so many times we hear from our listeners after they have received these volumes how they just uh, devour them, and they're such a great help to them. But when you call, we will tell you how to receive these things. Uh, we have a lot of books and a lot of different materials available. So you can find out about these printed life study messages that uh, Francis mentioned uh, and the other materials we have available. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. And while we're on that subject, uh, let me point out our website, which is www.lifestudy.com. And lifestudy.com brings you to our homepage for the radio section at Living Stream. You can find out about the program, the stations it's on, and they're archived for you and available for you to download and listen to uh, at any time, day or night, are all of the past programs. The Lord has really honored us and been with us for these past years, and we look to him that he will be with us as we hope to continue this project. I'll leave you once more with our toll-free number uh, today as we've had a little bit of extra time. We don't often have such, but uh, we like to take advantage of it when we do have it. You can contact us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Well, now, Francis, we are out of time. Good to have you back again. We had you two days in a row. Uh, treat for all of uh, our listeners and for me as well. I always enjoy our times together. I enjoy them too very much, Chris. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. 
There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.